And so today, the sermon is entitled, The Shaking. The Lord says in Amos chapter 9 and verse 9, I will sift the house of Israel among all nations, like as corn is sifted in a sieve, yet shall not the least grain fall upon the ground. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, Lord, indeed, the times in which we are living are serious times. Lord, we need to hear from you. No other help we have except the help that cometh from above. And so, Lord, we put ourselves today into your hands. We ask, Lord, that you will come down now, condescend, Lord, and be among your people. Lift us up and let us hear a word from you so that we can become changed. Bless us to this end, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a storm coming. The people of God will be sifted because in the Gospels, we are told, especially in the Gospel of Matthew, that the kingdom of heaven is two classes. You have a class that is not intent on serving God. And you have a class that is intent on pleasing God in every way with their lives. God has an unseen church, which is referred to in this prophecy as the invisible church. Those are the sheep that we have that are not in this world. And he has promised in the scriptures that them too will I bring so that they can become one fold and he will be their shepherd. But the spirit of prophecy also tells us that God will not bring in that invisible church before he cleans up the visible church, before he sifts out those who will make those who we bring in cold and indifferent. And so there is a trial coming. God is going to use the trial to shake out those who do not need God. And that is serious. Because if I'm in church, no matter how long, and I'm not meaning to please God, then I'm wasting my time. And if I'm in church, and I'm praying one slow, and one foot in, then I'm not meaning to please the high and mighty God. And if I'm in church, and I am doing things under the quiet, but on Sabbath, I pretend to be a Christian, then am I serving God, or am I serving Belzebub? 
The Lord wants those who are in church who call upon his name to mean him and to live for him. The trial that is coming upon the church is in the form of persecution. And it is to cleanse the church of those who are indifferent, who are careless, and who are rebellious. Those who are indifferent, careless, and rebellious. That when the truth is presented in whatever form, instead of conforming their lives to the will of God, they rebel. And those who are seeing the signs are indifferent in the way they live, are careless in the way they live. We, if though we fall into that category, we will not make it into God's. And so, God is eager. God is what? Eager to prepare his church for the final events. He wants to purify his house to obtain a complete reformation in order to be able to pour out upon his people the plenteous showers of the Holy Spirit in the fall of the latter rain so that the work might be promptly finished. God is eager for us to get on with his business. And so, an eager God is not a God to be trifled with. He's a God that is meaning to liberate. He says, look up. Look up for your what? Your redemption joy is now. And so, as we hear the message today, we must resolve in our hearts to reform. To plead to God so that he can bring us up to the standard that we need in order to please him when he comes. It is a sobering thought. Very sobering thought. That God is ready to bring in people from other denominations. Christians are in every single church that is out there. But God wants to bring them into the true church. Into the church that holds scripture superior to every other book. Into the church that exalts the doctrines of the Bible above the traditions of man. God wants to bring his people into the truth that he has. He has people everywhere and he wants to bring them into the truth. But God will not allow this influx of members to happen lest they be discouraged because of the worldliness, the selfishness, and the shallowness that characterize the Lodician church. And as of the Adventists, we acknowledge 
that based on the time prophecies, we are living in the age of Laodicea. And there is something peculiar about the Laodicean age, is that the people do not acknowledge their true condition. Even when it is pointed out, they still think that they are rich and have need of nothing. Laodicea needs to reform. And if Laodicea is going to be saved, the Laodicean church must be trial. It must meet what? Trial. And that trial is going to come in four formats. How many formats? Four formats. Format number one. Watch and pray, watchfulness and prayer are the provisions of heaven to enable us to meet any crisis in life. The first cause of failure in the shaking is this. Carelessness and indifference. The first cause of failure is carelessness and indifference. A failure to watch and pray. Ellen White was shown in vision. A company mightily shaken, surrounded by the angels. The people were clothed with an effective armor, the armor of God. But then she says, the number of this company had lessened. Some had been shaken out and left by the way. The careless and indifferent, who did not join with those who prized victory and salvation enough to persevere and plead and agonize for it, did not obtain it. So we go through the week and not even to pause and acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We go through the week and not even to spare the five minutes to read through the quarter. We are careless and we go through the week and we didn't agonize privately and beg God to keep us from temptation. Week, W-E-A-K, we are careless and we are indifferent. We have spurned the truth of Scripture. We are going to shake up. If we have not prized victory and salvation enough to perseveringly plead and organize for it, we will not obtain it. And listen to what is going to happen. And they were left behind in darkness. And their places were immediately filled by others taking hold of the truth and coming into the ranks. Brethren, When the Bible class going on, some of us outside, but some of us asleep, I am. When the message, the, the truth is being discussed, 
The, the light is being discussed. We are not here. Or if we are here, we are outside. We are curious and indifferent. Or when we hear the truth, we close our ears to it. And our response is based on tradition. Case in point. One of the tests of time is going to be spiritism of the last days. People alleging that the dead have power to speak to them. Now the Bible and the spirit of prophecy is a pains to tell us that the dead knows nothing. And um, people start talking about Dubby. And uh, if they are not dreaming yet, or if you don't hear from who did, etc. Some of us still believe it. What is going to happen when Satan released those three frogs to counter the three last days' messages? If you are not rooted and grounded in scripture, you are going to fall for the deception. Set yourself from now in the fact that the scripture is supreme. That the scripture, even when, even when the evidence look like it's real, still believe the scriptures. Still believe the scriptures. Even when, when we were discussing this at a college meeting, somebody had a very good case. And, and, and what them said really happened to true. But I said to the lady, look, even though it happened, God says it is not of the dead because the dead knows nothing. Believe God. Believe God. Because in a warfare, Satan is going to try to prove his theory. But God don't need to prove his theory. God expects you to believe him because he is God. Because he is God. The second cause of failure in the shaking out of many is persecution. There is coming a time on this earth that we have never seen before. If you are going to live until Christ comes, you better make sure your anchor holds in Jesus Christ. Have to make sure. Persecution because of the enforcement of the national Sunday law. Christendom is not what you think. A lot of people who are calling and name and choosing and saying that they are worshipping the God of heaven is not truly worshipping the God of heaven. Those that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. God has selected and mandated a seal upon his people. His Sabbath is the ultimate test 
and not everyone that says Lord, Lord is going to honor the Seventh-day Sabbath. And those who honor the Seventh-day Sabbath are going to be persecuted by every single law enforcement agency and court upon the face of this earth. Persecution is going to be upon God's people. The Great Controversy, page 602, says, Persecution, because of the enforcement of the Sunday law, let opposition arise. Let bigotry and intolerance again bear sway. Let persecution be kindled, and the half-hearted and hypocritical will waver and yield the faith. But the true Christian will stand firm as a rock, his faith stronger, his hope brighter than in the days of prosperity. Do you know God? You need to know him now in these peace times. You need to know him now because footman, horseman, swelling of joy. We can go through the footman stage because that's not so hard. We can go through the horseman stage that hard but not so hard. But when persecution comes, it is going to be like the swelling of joy. But I thank God that when you put God first, when you want put God first, when the Jordan comes, just like when the priests were crossing over the Jordan, the Lord said, put the priest bearing the ark. Bearing the what? The ark. What, is it? what was in the ark? The Ten Commandments. When the priest put forth his foot into the swell Jordan, the Jordan ceased to roll. They went over. And I'm saying to us that if we trust in God and if we are obedient in God, it doesn't matter the trial. Put forth your foot in the name of Jesus Christ. And he will secure victory on your behalf. We need not fall out of church no matter what the trials may be if we trust God. God is our problem solver. He is our burden bearer. As the storms approach, as the storm approaches, a large class who had professed faith in the third angel's message but have not been sanctified through obedience to the truth abandon their position and join the ranks of the opposition. I'm not telling you to be careful of your church religion. I'm not going to say that. What I'm telling you is to be careful that you might spend your time here and don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to have what? a relationship with Jesus Christ. The oppositions will come from places that we do not expect, even from your own bed. But I'm confident that if I hold on to Jesus Christ, I can secure my future. I can what? 
secure my victory. The test, lest we forget, is an individual one. It is not a collective one. The wife can't save the husband, nor the children, vice versa. And children can't save the, the parents. It is an individual test. Don't let anybody stand in your way of securing a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, people selling out God for a boyfriend or a girlfriend and don't want to move because I love X. What you're actually saying is that you love your lover more than Jesus Christ. Don't let the devil hold you with his cords. Don't let him tie you down. Christ can break you free if you so desire. There's hope still in our brethren. You can't go too far that Christ can't save you. Christ can save you. His hand is long enough to reach down and pluck you out if you so desire. He is still God. He still sits on the throne. He is still in the business of saving sinners. If Christ can save me, he can save anyone. And if he can save you, he can save anyone. If Christ would refer to David as a man after his own heart, he can save you. If Jacob's son's name are written on the 12 foundation stones of the new Jerusalem, he can save you from your sins. You know who Jacob's sons were? Those were bad men. Yeah, you think bad men are bad men? Somebody troubled the sister of Jacob's son. And when the man passed through, nobody left. But God saved them. Save them. Save them from their sin. Save them. He can save us from our sins. The test is individual. And so we must each have a relationship with Jesus Christ for ourselves. The third, the third cause of failure. The third cause of failure. That causes God's people to be shaken out. Let's look at Matthew 7, 26 and 27. Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man. Matthew 7, 26 and 27. Which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Superficial knowledge and failure to put the truth into practice is another reason 
while many will be shaken out in the hour of crisis. They will be deceived by false doctrines. God's Spirit has illumined every page of His Holy Word. But those are, but there are those upon whom it makes little impression because it is imperfectly understood. When the shaking comes by the introduction of false theories, these surface readers anchored nowhere are like shifting sands. The experience of the past will be repeated in the future Satan's superstitions will assume new forms. Errors will be presented in a pleasing and flattering manner. False theories clothed with garments of light will be presented to God's people. Thus Satan will try to deceive them. If possible, the very healing. More seducing influence will be exerted Minds will be hypnotized. Superficial knowledge and work in God's kingdom. Taking a glass over the quarterly in time to come to church and say, study, not going to. We must prize salvation now, even above our necessary food. And dig and dig deep. And if you are digging, I am not reaching where prostrate yourself before God because He promised that He has sent the Holy Spirit to lead us where? Into all truth. Into all truth? All truth. The Holy Spirit is our greatest teacher. He will open for us the pages of the scripture and lead us from text to text so that we can get a clear understanding of what the Bible is saying. Believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to teach you all things. The fourth cause of the shaking of people falling out of the church is found in Revelation 3 and verse 16. Revelation 3 and verse 16 is a very powerful text. Very powerful text. The Lord is saying there in Revelation 3 and verse 16 that if we have not come up to a certain standard, what will He do to us? He will what? Spew us out of His mouth. Spew us out because we are not decided for Him. We have not singleness of eye. Singleness of eye would mean that we would be hot for Jesus Christ. Lukewarmness, Christ described it as being insipid. You cause you to what? To feel bad, nauseous, and you will spew us out of his mouth. Many of us know the truth, my brethren. Know the truth. But is it to please people and to save the job? And to save the marriage and to save whatever else, we don't want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But why do we need profitable man? Hmm? To gain the whole world. And we're not gaining the whole world, we're just gaining fractions of it. Because when a rich like Bill Gates and go and worldly things like Elon Musk, they won't reach here. Some people have nothing, yet they don't want Jesus Christ. What will it profit a man, even if you gain the whole world and lose yours? Decide now for the Lord Jesus Christ. Early writings, page 270, says, I asked the meaning of the shaking and had been shown, and had seen and was shown that it would be caused by the straight testimony called forth by the counsel of the true witness to the Lelysians. And who is the true witness? It's not me. Is it you, Barrett? It's not you. It's not Pastor. It's not the General Conference President. It's Jesus Christ Himself. When Jesus Christ gives you a word, you must accept His word. And Christ is not calling us into bondage, Christ is calling us into freedom from sin. Christ is calling us not to death, but to life eternal. When he says X, we must not go and say Y. But there are persons, according to this reading, who still don't want to hear a word from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm saying to us, if we are here in church, and the word of God comes to us, we must allow the word to change us into what God wants us in. This truth, this will have an effect. It has its effect upon the heart of the receiver and will lead him to exalt the standard and pour forth the straight truth. Some will not bear the straight testimony. They will rise up against it. And this is what will cause a shaking among God's people. Rejecting of the truth. Christ's counsel fits this need. And here Christ gives three counsel to the Laodicean church, to us. He says, number one, by gold, try in fire. Love and faith are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Number two, buy white raiment. In other words, get the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness and justification, victory and growth, which is sanctification in the perfect character of Christ, will put us on the set to get the robe of Jesus Christ. Are you holding people still in your heart? With this investigative judgment that is going on, people still vex with people. Still thin skin. I brethren, you can't make it into heaven if you have thin skin. That every everything broke your vex. Huh? And people trouble up and now come back at you. God I don't trouble you yet. 
Huh? Is Christ come here to serve? Is Christ here to live for? Is Christ here to work for? It is His kingdom that you must advance with every breath that you breathe. You must advance God's kingdom. He expects it of us whom He has saved from our sins. And thirdly, the Lord expects us to buy Isom, the Holy Spirit, which gives wisdom and grace to recognize sin under any disguise. You, you, you know, when the Bible says in Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11 or 11 12, one of those. It says that with every temptation, the Lord will make a way of escape that you will be able to what? To bear. In other words, you know the Lord is saying to us that it is possible for you to live and not sin. You know a lot of Christians don't believe that. They believe that their humanness made them habitual sinners. But it's not true. Christ is willing to fill every human being with his Holy Spirit. A Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit will recognize sin under any disguise. And the moment you find yourself becoming presumptuous is you don't want the Holy Spirit to help you on your journey. It is you who don't want the Holy Spirit to give you victory over sin. The shaking is going to happen soon. Going to happen soon because I believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon. Luke chapter 21 and verse 28 says, When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption, joy. Many people have the idea that the shaking is still in the future. <laughs> but this is not so. The mighty shaking of the people of God, the division of the church into two different classes, has already begun. What indication do we have in the inspired writings regarding the time of the shaking? Early writings, page 50 says, The mighty shaking has commenced and will go on and all will be shaken out who, will not, who are not willing to take a bold and unyielding stand for the truth and to sacrifice for God and his cause. I saw, and this is from Testimony Volumes 1, page 429. I saw that we are now in the shaking time. Satan is working with all his power 
to wrest souls from the hand of Christ and cause them to trample underfoot the Son of God. An angel slowly and emphatically repeat these words of how much sore punishment suppose he shall he be thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he has sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite unto the spirit of grace. Characters, character is being developed. Angels of God are weighing moral worth. God is testing and proving his people. These words are presented to me by the angel. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. In departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Testimony volume 4 and page 51 says, God is now sifting his people, testing their purpose and their motive. Many will be but sharp, no wheat, no value in them. But I thank God that he will still find those who are faithful unto the end. I don't have to be lost. Because one thing I know, like Paul, we can all say in Romans 8, 35 to 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or soul? Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that have loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. The church will be victorious. God will not spew the church out of his mouth, but only the lukewarm, the indifferent, the half-hearted. Only those who do not take refuge in the power of God. Who do not surrender completely to him and allow him to act in their lives. Only those who do not divest themselves of their own righteousness 
and array themselves in the righteousness of Christ will have to be shaped now. But the church cleansed and purified will continue on her onward march to the city of God. We are living in the last days. We are on the final leg of earth's history. We can avoid being fallen out. And so as I close, the question is asked, how can we avoid falling out of the kingdom of God? Because 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12 warn us, let him that thinketh he stand, take heed lest he, lest he fall. The Christian life is a struggle. It is an onward and upward march. The road is narrow and the gate is small. But every child of God has to face a special crisis, the time of sifting. He must withstand the sifting in, in the sieve of trouble and temptation. He has to face the winds of conflict and tribulation and stand upright. You have problem? Hmm? More problems come. You have problems with other people? Well, more people can give you a problem. You have problems on your job? You have problems at church? More problem is on his way. But where there is much problem, God has more grace to cover his children. Trust in God, brethren. Stop telling people your business who can't help you. Tell Jesus. He can help you. You're weak. You're failing. In the path of Christianity. God is the man with the power. He can hold you. He can make you better. He is God. We must give God credit. If God could pull you out of dance hall, out of fornication, out of commandment breaking and pull you into his marvelous life, he can keep you in there. Yeah. You think the world is huh? people living living in the world are really tidying the world in the world. Only you, you, you can convince a man to leave the world. Only God can rescue the perishing and care for the dying. And when you go out there to witness, go in the name of God, introduce people to Jesus Christ and Him alone. Because only Christ can break the shackles of the devil and set a sin sick soul free. But He did it for you. He can keep you in the truth. Early writings, page 269. I saw some with strong faith and agonizing Christ pleading with God. Their countenances were pale and marked with deep anxiety, expressive of their internal struggle, firmness, 
and great earnestness was expressed in their countenance. Large drops of perspiration fell from their foreheads. Now and then, their faces were lit up by the marks of God's approbation. And again, the same solemn, earnest, anxious look would settle upon them. Although vexed by deep anxiety and passing through a terrible internal struggle, every one of us may pass triumphantly through the test if we maintain an unbroken if we maintain unbroken our vital contact with heaven and keep our dependence on Christ, who is our victory and the only source of our strength. What were the evil angels trying to do with those afflicted people of God? Early writings, still page 269 says, evil angels crowded around Pressing darkness upon them. You know what is darkness, brethren? And I like darkness. Darkness is false doctrine. Evil angels will use people and even themselves transform into people to tell you things that are not of the scriptures. Crowd around you with darkness. But I thank God the more they crowd, is the more God sent his angels. Their eyes might be drawn to the darkness that's around them, and thus they be led to distrust God and murmur against him. Their only safety was in keeping their eyes directed upward. Don't look on what is happening. Look to Jesus Christ. You spend time watching the world. Uh, when you watch the news, you know, watch, it in, watch it in the context of Matthew 24. That God knows what would have been happening. And if he knows what would have been happening, he can still rescue us. We are in the shaking time. The time when everything that can be shaken will be shaken. The Lord will not excuse those who know the truth if they do not in word and deed obey his commands. If we make no effort to win souls to Christ, we shall be held responsible for the work we might have done but did not do because of our spiritual indolence. Those who belong to the kingdom to the Lord's kingdom must work earnestly for the saving of souls they must do their part to bind up the law and seal it among the disciples brethren you are a disciple of Christ a follower of him he expects you to model him in your everyday life he expects you to dig into the word and to be transformed by the word. We are on this journey. There will be no support 
from the world for the Christian. The Christian's help comes from above. In this little time that we have left, before the swelling of joy, secure a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Jordan can be crossed. We can cross into the promised land. But we have to hold on to Jesus Christ. We can cross into the promised land. We can gain the victory over sin. But we must hold on to Jesus Christ. No agency out there can help you. Only help is in Jesus Christ. Make Jesus your all in all.